Annyeong! Welcome to I've Made a Huge Mistake, an Arrested Development podcast. Um, I am your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about episode 11 of season 4, A New Attitude. Uh, a reference back to a new start, I think, this season. It was the 14th episode of 15 produced. Um, the main character is Job, so we get a little bit of electric guitar on the opening credits. It was broadcast, as with all the other episodes, on the 26th of May 2013, uh, written by Mitch Hurwitz and Jim Vallali, and um, as with the other episodes, directed by Mitch Hurwitz and Troy Miller. The episode runs 35 minutes and 24 seconds. Um, so t- joining me to talk about this is Kevin Lynch. Hello, Kevin. Hi, young. And um, the episode summary, as on the DVD, is as follows. Job accepts a job from Michael, but is distracted by a scheme of his own. <laughs> that could describe maybe half of the episodes. Yeah, I, I mean, it's funny because the, the job offer from Michael has actually come earlier in the season when it was in Michael's episode. And it's been the reason for that offer we we we've, we see in the previous episode to this, which is the uh, Lucille episode, Queen Bee. Um, so <laughs> we already know that Job is accepting this offer, um, you know, and we, we see the opening where Job has got the cross in his limo and he's trying to get into Southern Valley and Michael's in the 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 google car and they're both kind of like fighting to get into the road and so we see like a recap of that which is from michael's episode um and then we see a little bit of them drinking which is in um maybe's episode uh which you know is the is the the next episode um you know and maybe he's actually living at the model home temporarily <laughs> and she's the one who's left the mike's hard lemonade um and the episode actually starts with job on the phone saying, uh, and thanks for all the birthday cards that I never got for the last 40 years. And you're, you're thinking to yourself that's, that somehow, like, because the narrator says Job had been told by his father to go work for his younger brother, you think that that phone call is to George Sr. But we get this kind of, we get this loop back round a few minutes into the episode where we find out that that phone call is actually... <laughs> to Steve Holt, <laughs> and I love that reveal because, like, you don't, you don't. At first, you don't realize it's the same phone call, but then right. when it gets to the point where he goes, and then thanks for the birthday card that I never got for the last forty years, like you realize who he was talking then, to at the start of the episode, and then the button on the reveal of it being Steve's birthday. <laughs> yeah, this was particularly hard for Steve to hear on his own birthday. Uh, but yeah, so. This opening, it kind of calls back to previous episodes quite a lot, but I do like the exchange about Julie Bowen. <laughs> yes. She's so kind of um, kind of stupid because, uh, you know, they're both going out with someone who is quite famous-y, as they, is, is how they, they, they frame it, um, and they don't want to give any information. And I like how Joe brings up by saying, um, is it Julie Bowen? And Michael's saying, um, it's not, is yours Julie Bowen? <laughs> and then it's like, no, is yours? And he's like, Michael, are you seeing Julie Bowen? He's like, I'm not seeing Julie Bowen. And it's, it's just like... I have not seen like, Julie Bowen. <laughs> yeah, and he goes, what a funny way to phrase it. And I just like, I don't know why, but just kind of like two minutes of them arguing over who's not seeing Of Julie all the Bowen. weird things you get to a pissing contest about. <laughs> Yeah, which of course the narrator um, talks about it being a tinkling match, which again I think <laughs> is like a kind of funny, uh, you know, like um, kind of phrasing of it. Um, and you know, um, we we kind of have Michael and and Job, you know, 
discussing what's been happening with Job's life, where you know he he um, first of all, um, I like how he describes the houses in Sudden Valley as mausoleums, um, <laughs> you know, and his new sense of purpose, which we we had in the Michael episode, where you know Michael says, "I I didn't realize you had an old sense of purpose." Um, his new sense of purpose is to destroy Tony Wonder. We find out here, of course, that Job, um, in the previous episode, when he inspected the um, the hut where he was meant to disappear, um, you know, which is now out in the desert as a sweat lodge, um, he found a crucifix, um, or a cross, should I say, in in the thing that stopped the, the secret compartment from opening. Um, well, and he, he found a T. Yeah, well, yeah, he, he sees it as a T. And I like that when, you know, Michael says, um, you know, Jesus, and he goes, no, that's that's a J. <laughs> Which, you know, uh, again, much like maybe they don't they don't understand, you know, the significance of, of this particular um, item. Um, now, obviously, you know, um, Tony Wonder, there's, there's no way he was anywhere near that that wedding ceremony although you know later on there's a possibility he might have yeah. you know um kind of been somewhere near Anne eventually mm. um but we we kind of have this thing where um that you know the narrator talks about um <laughs> him humiliating his bride and of course the narrator actually checks himself and goes um her <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and um, you know and humiliating all of Christendom uh, you know I like how Job this kind of this 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 thing to destroy Tony Wonder is what we basically will will kind of dominate this second episode of Job's, um, you know, his his kind of desire to kind of humiliate Tony Wonder and try and you know figure out what's going on, um, and he he sums this up you know by saying that you know he needs he needs someone to act as his boyfriend, and first of all he propositions Michael, um, <laughs> saying that he's perform you know Tony Wonder's performing at a gay club tonight. Um, and, and this is the first person he thinks of to to act as his son. Um, and then you know he this is only this is only because earlier in the day he hadn't been able to persuade Steve Holt to act as his boyfriend. <laughs> then of course you know Michael reminds him that you know didn't he already try locking Tony Wonder in a trick? And of course uh, Job says yeah, but that wasn't for revenge. That was just on spec. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and we see you know the trick um, at the Opies where. Um, Tony Wonder appeared from a stereo. Now, Tony Wonder has a new catchphrase, uh, which was evident in his, um, you know, magazine article where he says, I'm here, I'm queer, and now I'm over here, where he's, he's in a box uh, 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 on, on this magazine article. And when he appeared in the, the speaker, he says, um, I'm here, uh, I'm queer, and now I'm in a speaker. And then later on in the act, he'll say, I'm here, I'm queer, and now I'm in a chair. <laughs> so... Obviously, he's he's kind of he's kind of got this catchphrase now where he has to keep appearing from places um, after saying "I'm here, I'm queer." Yeah, I love um, how it starts out making sense with like the rhyme scheme, and then just kind of just goes off and <laughs> completely falls yeah. apart. Um, it's pointed out to him that um, you know he tried to lock Tony Wonder in his trick, and so you know th- this way, you know, with Tony Wonder succeeding in locking Job in his trick, things are even. Um, but obviously Job doesn't have that hmm. <laughs> and he's insisting you know that Tony Wonder's uh, last laugh was actually the first laugh <laughs> and so <laughs> like how he says to Michael I, I don't understand why you can't seem to follow me on any of this um, and you know obviously this is this is where you know 
Michael says, you know, don't run away from, you know, from from this this life. Don't try to escape again. Uh, and obviously that is something <laughs> that, uh, you know, Job is going to do um, as he has done before. Yeah, that's basically Joe's, Job's uh, life motto. Yeah. And I like how, how Michael is, you know, he says that he's offering him a good job selling good homes, making real good money. And he says, I'm not asking for anything in return. And as he says that, he takes out the contract and a pen and he gives it to Job. And then he says, oh, I'm asking for something, you know, a little in return. <laughs> um, and, and, of course, Job at this point says, blah, 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 look at this. And I like that, you know, Michael goes, um, you know, what's that mean? You're not going to sign it? And he goes, oh, no, I was just thinking I should have my attorney, blah, 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 look at this. <laughs> and, you know, it's very rare that they actually kind of lean on the kind of whole blah, 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 blah joke. But I just think it's kind of really funny that they just do it here without any kind of real setup. Um, and then obviously Job signs the contract saying, I'm going to be in a movie, not understanding that it's his life rights that's right. going away, and he's not signing a contract to appear. Um, but Job, st- he seems happy with it anyway, um, you know. And Job goes to um, Attitude's menswear, um, and um, he makes good on a promise uh, where he co- he offered to call George Michael on behalf of Michael, because obviously the last time George Michael and Michael spoke was um, after the uh, the vote. Uh, with Michael, um, you know, moving out mm. and going to Arizona uh, briefly for about an hour and then getting on a plane <laughs> and coming straight back. Um, because, you know, the heat in Arizona is just way too much. Um, and I like how Job is having this kind of conversation with George Michael, but he's also having a conversation with the guy who's getting him like a shirt and stuff. George Michael says, you know, uh, about his father is he really upset and Job goes do I seem like a clown to you and of course George Michael's like oh no I got it and then you realise he's talking to the sales clerk who's holding up this like shirt that's got a bow tie on it Um, and you know George Michael agrees to meet Job and um, you know Job says meet me at the gothic castle Um, to which George Michael says the gothic castle and he goes no the gothic castle yeah the gothic castle and George Michael goes "Uh, I didn't say the gothic castle what what do you think that's why they call it the gothic castle he's like no I said the gothic castle (laughs) it's it's kind of a a callback obviously to um, when Tobias mistakenly called one the other but I just like the kind of exchange here where like Joe keeps trying to clarify where he means, but it just ends up confusing George Michael even more. And then uh, adding to the know. fact that it's theme night at the Gothic Castle. Yes, the narrator does say, you know, um, it did actually kind of resemble the Gothic Castle, <laughs> <laughs> which is an, a lovely punchline to that joke. I also like as well how the sales clerk goes, I think you look amazing. And Joe goes, I'll take it. And the clerk <laughs> is like, great. And he's like, no, no, the compliment, not the shirt. <laughs> So getting the getting the clerk's hopes up that he might have made yeah. a sale. Um, and the weirdest thing here, obviously, um, something that Arrested Development obviously has leaned on really hard since the pilot episode, and that is this crazy incest angle. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, very, very few sitcoms have made incest their one of their trademarks, uh, but Arrested Development has, and here, you know, after... <laughs> After failing to get his brother and his son to be his boyfriend, uh, Job is now using his, um, you know, his nephew as his boyfriend. Um, And I like how Job (laughs) is kind of dressed in this outfit that has like a ton of keys on like chains. And it looks like it's just like a kind of an odd look. But obviously it has a purpose later on for his plan. Yeah. Um, You know, 
and obviously, um, you know, Joe. I like as well how Joe is kind of like talking about, you know, um, he, he says, I know your daddy wants to get your hot little, hot little tight ass right up here, right away to be seen with him. It's just like, um, and I, I, I find it funny as well that George Michael seems to think that Job is taking him to meet his father um, at this like gay theme night at the Gothic Castle. Like, does it? I, I mean, George Michael should have kind of figured out before this point that um, you know Michael is not going to be at this particular event. Um, you know, it, I mean, it should be kind of obvious <laughs> that he's not going to be there. Yeah, if he knows anything about his family, yeah. like, clearly Job has his own interests. And I like as well how, you know, we get a little bit of, um, you know, George Michael and Maybe's episodes kind of bleeding in here when a photographer takes a photo of Job and George Michael. And Job, I love how quickly he, like, pulls a face and kind of goes into a pose as the, as the photographer approaches. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Job says, you know, even if that does post somewhere, uh, the fate block thing will scrub it away. And, of course, George Michael says, you know about fate block? That's my software. Um, and, you know, it's kind of uh, the idea that fate block has become so big that J- even Job knows about it, uh, I think is yeah. quite funny. Obviously, Job would have heard about it at the Opies because, um, you know, that's where... Um, you know, maybe was publicizing the uh, the whole face block thing, and of course, um, <laughs> Job. I don't know why, but he kind of he licks <laughs> George Michael's hand. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> and obviously, you know, the Weird. stamps he gets to the club, he like tastes. He like basically gets the ink off his his hand, and he's like, he's like, what is that inky taste? <laughs> and it's like it's the stamp. <laughs> and I, I just, I, I mean, I just love how kind of you know. Um, he he kind of he doesn't realize, uh, you know what he's doing to George Michael. Obviously, George Michael is extremely uncomfortable at the idea that his uncle is pretending to be his like boyfriend. Like, yeah, I can't imagine I, I, why. It's just such a weird. Yeah, it's such a weird kind of ploy um, that Job has used. Um, and obviously, now he's in the magic castle. I mean, he like he kisses um, George Michael, and obviously, George Michael immediately pulls away. <laughs> Um, you know, and I like how Job kind of, you know, he thanks George Michael and, and he says not a lot of nephews would do this for their uncles uh, and kind of whispers it. And then he's like, now get out of here. I never want to sleep with you again. And he goes, I mean, I probably will. And then he whispers and he's like, I don't. But are we good? We're good. And obviously that calls back to, um, you yeah, know, the first episode. Yeah, the first episode where he, he was trying to get George Michael to say that they were good. Um, you know, and that's, um, you know, that's where kind of Michael Sarah leaves the episode. Um, and Job then starts his plan for revenge. Um, and, and he goes around locking a number of things, um, locking the dumb waiter for one, um, you know, saying who's the dumb waiter now, which (laughs) I don't know who you're saying it to. Um, and then he sees the shadow of the, uh, the ostrich. Um, and you see, you get a flashback to Job in the fake boulder, and we hear the the voice outside on the um, um, I can't even remember the name of the fake show that they were on the the locker. But we we kind yeah, of yeah, it was one of those yeah like, super like ominous uh, titles. Yeah, that they it's do. like a storage war type thing. But we and obviously we kind of hear that from the inside, and we we don't get um, we don't get Hello Darkness, my old friend. Um, we just get kind of Job staring into the middle distance and then suddenly realizing where he is. <laughs> I like I like Tony Wonder. Here's the thing: this whole kind of like Tony Wonder um, gay magician thing. I like the act. I think 
like this trick to open up is is you know like kind of um is like really fun like it's kind of extremely yeah. kind of theatrical and stupid but I don't know. I just like the whole kind of thing of having this person on stage, you know, having his mouth kind of, um, you know, bound and uh, being being gagged, basically. And then the recording of Tony Wonder saying, you know, don't talk to us. Keep your hands to yourself. And there's like a hot cop there for Tony to kind of go towards and get handcuffed. And, you know, it sets up these kind of things that, you know, magicians do anyway of like being blindfolded and handcuffed. But it puts it into this kind of story of, you know, uh, Tony Wonder being forced into the closet, literally being forced into a closet in this case as part of yes. the act. Um, but I like as well how the recording says, um, you know, I don't want to look at you, son. Just go to work. Why can't you be like your brother? Which obviously resonates with Joe. Uh, while he's, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, while he's sitting there. Um, and then, of course, we get Tony Wonder's catchphrase at this point. I'm here, I'm queer, and now... And then the beanbag right next to Joe, which has a, a sign on it saying, don't sit on this beanbag. <laughs> which kind of gives away where Tony is. It just kind of explodes out. And uh, Tony Wonder says, and now I'm in a chair. And then he goes, did somebody say Wonder? Uh, which, of course, <laughs> nobody did. So I, I, I just love I just love that whole act. It's like, it's really kind of fun. Yeah, I like too how it, it's similar to, um, to Job's act where there's a lot of just like waving your hands around and like... You know, this kind of uh, movement that isn't really magic related, just I'm on stage waving my hands. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, so either that's how magic shows work in the rest of the <laughs> Development's uh, world, or that's like a, cl- a clear influence on Job's style. Like, I guess, that yeah, that's, really po- that's possible, isn't it? And it's funny as well, because up until this point, we've never seen Tony Wonder perform. We've only ever heard about his tricks, you know, like baking himself into bread and then serving himself as sandwiches to the troops. You know, like we've only ever heard about the tricks he's done. We've never actually seen them. Even when he was in the episode, uh, you know, where he did he did a few little kind of the tricks of, you know, getting the, the piece yeah, of bread Yeah, finding out. the cookie behind his yeah, ear. The cookie yeah. So he did like little tricks, but we've never seen him do an act. And I like as well how his next trick is really popular where he gets like a glitter and he throws it on everyone and says, now everybody's gay. <laughs> And I like how the narrator goes, it was pretty easy to figure out how he did that. They started out gay. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I just, I, I mean, I love it. I like it, yeah. it, the whole kind of thing is, you know, it, it, it's just really kind of fun. Uh, and obviously, you know, we know that Tony Wonder is, is doing this for kind of, he has ulterior motives. But I just, I like, I like the kind of the energy that Ben Stiller brings. And, you know, this episode, it obviously, you know, in the previous episode, with Job, you know, obviously complimented Will on a, a lot. You know, he he. It's funny because he started out as like a dramatic actor, and then Arrested Development was the first time he did comedy, and then since since Arrested Development, he basically does the same thing. Which yeah, is, only does comedy now. Yeah, yeah, he only does comedy. So, but in this episode, I think it's interesting because you know Will Arnett really kind of um, you know they do the comedy, but he also gets to to be a bit more dramatic, and they have kind of um, you know Ben Stiller playing the kind of comedic role uh, with Tony Wonder, who is, you know, completely ridiculous. You know, he's gone from having a goatee that was shaved into a W to having a soul patch that is cut into a W and that is dyed. Two little W soul patches. (laughs) Yeah, so two little kind of triangles. And I don't know, it's like everything about Tony Wonder is kind of, you know, over the top and kind of crazy. Um, and, and I just kind of, I love the energy he has with Will Arnett. They work so well together as well in this episode. You know, it's yeah. it, it, like, 
you know, previously, um, you know, Job had been like kind of in awe of Tony Wonder. But now that he's kind of, you know, and a bit of a fanboy, but now that he's trying to get revenge, he's he's kind of seen him more as an equal. And so it kind of brings a different energy to, to their relationship. Um, which obviously becomes a relationship in a different sense later in the episode. Yeah, you can almost buy it at the end when uh, yeah. when all that happens. Here we have the kind of the the breadcrumbs being laid for what will be the scheme later on in the episode, uh, where <laughs> Job goes to talk to um, you know Tony Wonder, who is you know um, standing next to the to the bar, and. When Job says, I was wondering where, where, where you're going to pop out of, the bartender turns around and that's Tony Wonder. <laughs> Tony Wonder, of course, <laughs> says, did someone say Wonder-ing? Um, and <laughs> he, he, he encourages the guy who is um, Tony Wonder in a mask uh, to leave. Um, and of course, you know, he sets off a puff of smoke and the guy takes takes the mask off before the smoke clears. <laughs> and Tony Wonder's like, come on, timing. <laughs> Um, and then he leaves. He leaves the mask. And Job says here, you know that, um, uh, you know he's been using masks in his tricks, and that is true. When he did the, um, you know, the the trick on the cross, he he did use um, he did use a, yeah. a mask. So, um, you know, they both already have a mask of themselves ready to go. Um, you know, in this episode, uh, and and I like as well how um, when asked to explain the beanbag trick. <laughs> Tony Wonder, you know, he, he he explains it because obviously Job is a magician, but his explanation just consists of him kind of like whispering what he did, and then kind of they yep. both start like whispering, and the narrator says uh, the magician shared the secrets of their ancient and mystical craft, <laughs> and I don't know, it's just it's really funny because you know they're they're talking about um, you know um, he goes that's why they put the sign on this beanbag chair that says do not steal this <laughs> and I like I like you know I, I just like how Job kind of it, it kind of even though to you know he's kind of an equal to Tony Wonder at this point essentially they're both not very good magicians um, you know uh, he still kind of enjoys hearing the explanation and kind of you know being in on something and uh, and kind of you know taking a taking part in something kind of just him and Tony Wonder um, and that's kind of something that, you know, for the rest of the episode kind of drives it is the idea that Job wants to connect with someone and Tony Wonder is that person. And of course, Tony Wonder starts doing the uh, quotation thing with a W in the middle. And <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's just great how ridiculous this character is because, yeah. you know, a lot of musicians, um, you know, are kind of close to how ridiculous Tony Wonder is. And yeah, so, really. You know, he's not that far away from the real thing. Um, and, and I like how, you know, he, he talks about how, you know, the, the kind of the wedding when he did his Jesus gag, <laughs> um, you know. And I like as well how when Job goes to do the quotation mark with a W, Tony Wonder's like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, and, and you know, here, of course, you know, um, Job is trying to impress Tony Wonder talking about, you know, how he was here with his boyfriend um, and, you know, trying to convince Tony Wonder that he's gay, basically. Uh, and I like as well how Tony Wonder says he looked awfully shredded on the cross. And Job goes, you should have seen when they took me out of the storage locker. And of course, Tony Wonder just goes, uh, and he goes, but how did I get in the storage locker? <laughs> and this is where we find out that it made the whoops column in poof. Um, 
And I, I like as well how, like, the things that Job is doing to convince Tony Wonder that he's gay, like biting his own tongue to convince him that his boyfriend had bitten his tongue, you know, they don't really kind of work. But there's other stuff that happens, like like the valet coming in and <laughs> saying, uh, cabriolet, license plate, anus tart. And Job going, that's me. <laughs> and so obviously that's one of the things that kind of convinces Tony Wonder. Uh, you know, while you know, he obviously he's getting a bit suspicious uh, about the fact that that Job might be gay, um, and you know, this is where Tony Wonder, you know, he he, he says, "What's the he- what the hell? Let's do it," um, and then of course Job goes, uh, "Yeah, let's risk it," um, and obviously this is where he comes up with a new revenge plan, um, something something which you know in, in later in the episode will actually get changed, uh, you know, quite a bit. Um, you know obviously not completely uh, to Job's plans Um, and then we get uh, the expansion of the Tobias and Job breakfast scene from um, Tobias's second episode uh, a couple of episodes ago Um, and I like as well how um, (laughs) you know Job um, when he when he gets drunk, he has a tendency to kind of go on these kind of wild adventures with whomever he's with, yes. uh, which always includes getting in shopping carts and riding down hills. <laughs> it's like a, it's, I don't know, it's just like a universal yeah, thing. It's, it's his go-to date. Yeah, <laughs> but I like how how Job is communicating, you know, um, what they've got going on. Um, where where <laughs> Job talks about how the candy dish right here, he goes, we made those at Colony Mine, and they're kind of cockeyed, but they both remind me of my crooked smile. And <laughs> I just, I don't know, it just, I just, I just love how kind of we can see that he's falling for Tony Wonder, and like the fact that they're spending time together is kind of putting them closer together like not deliberately but they're just kind of both attempting kind of revenge plans that end up turning it into a relationship Um, yes and this is where we get the line again of course where job says that there's no internet or library or playgrounds within 20 miles of here and tobias says i've been looking for a place to live um and (laughs) this is where job he again job never hears tobias say the word sex offender because Job's, you know, Tobias said it at the start of this episode in the Tobias episode. And Job just like, yeah, yeah, okay. And he like didn't even acknowledge it. And here when Tobias says the other sex offenders are going to be so jealous, Job goes, wait a minute. <laughs> you know of other people with similar needs? <laughs> and, you know, there's a, a well-placed advert that basically leads to Job filling all of the houses yeah. in Southern Valley. He actually did a good job for once, sort of. Yeah, completely by accident. <laughs> And, you know, probably, you know, <laughs> not, yeah, um, not, not kind of the clientele that Michael was looking for. But yeah, I was going to say Michael probably wouldn't be happy with that. But um, and here we get a very kind of this is a joke that basically has been going on for most of the season uh, and is a very kind of oblique reference, which is everybody keeps eating Parmesan uh, with <laughs> mustard. The reason for that is Jean Parmesan is played by Martin Mull, who in the film Clue played Colonel Mustard. That is why they keep having it's Parmesan. It's a completely ridiculous thing that you have to like think hard about before you understand why they're doing it. <laughs> but I like as well how Tobias chokes on his Parmesan and like spits it out. And then yes. Job starts laughing and he chokes on his Parmesan. <laughs> and there's just this cheese being sprayed everywhere. 
And of course, the and, solution to fixing that is more mustard. Yeah, I can't say I've ever had Parmesan and mustard as a combination. No, my no. No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe if you had a burger and put some Parmesan on it and mm. maybe a bit of mustard, maybe it worked like that. Maybe. But I just think, but as a meal, you know, it doesn't work. And, uh, you know, maybe obviously was also eating Parmesan and mustard at one point in her episode yeah. until she realized she had a lot of money and then she <laughs> threw it in the bin <laughs> and went and got some actual food. Um, but obviously, Job is still kind of broke at this point, and Tobias as well, you know, is has not got a lot of money. Um, and I, I mean, this is probably my favorite joke in the entire of this episode, which is when Job calls Tony Wonder, and <laughs> Tony Wonder's answer phone. Where he goes, it's Tony. I'm not here right now because I'm behind you. And then of course, <laughs> Job looks behind him, and then he goes, made you look. But how do you know? I how do I know that you look? Because I'm right behind you. And then he looks again, and he goes, <laughs> "Made you look again." And I like how Job, when he leaves a message, he goes, "Man, does anybody fall for that?" And it's obvious <laughs> that he's fell for it. And I don't know. It's it's just such a great kind of like silly joke. Uh, but I love kind of Will Arnett's selling of like the the kind of quickly looking behind himself when yeah. he's told that he's behind him. And I got to be honest with you, I thought for. Like the final one of that joke, they might have actually had Tony Wonder appear behind him because that would be, you know, like a, a funny kind of that would be like an actual payoff that a magician would do. But obviously, it's just Job calling an answer phone, so why on earth would they do that, you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, and then we get a bit more crossover with the Lucille episode where Lucille tells Job that he needs to build a wall. Um, <laughs> and so in his limo, he goes to Dr. House Improvement Center. Uh, with a bullhorn uh, in his limo. <laughs> so, I mean, so many things already kind of wrong with that picture. <laughs> yep. uh, and then he, he 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 kind of goes to talk. Um, uh, you know, he gets up through the sunroof and he says, who wants to help build a wall? Um, and then he goes, to keep the Mexicans out of America. And obviously, everyone who is there is Hispanic, so they're not, yeah. they don't take kindly to that idea. And then he goes... Who wants to help me build a wall for no reason? And then as they keep throwing stuff at me, he goes, it's a different wall. It's a different wall. And he keeps getting like feedback from the bullhorn, particularly when he's inside the limo and it would be really loud. Uh, he actually ends up going... We see the map, the map that was drawn by Buster and that obviously was incorrect. Uh, he goes to the border himself to start building the wall. But all he does is put up a help wanted sign. <laughs> And he does that saying that he's not afraid to feel the sweet sting of sweat in his eyes, uh, which obviously is a callback to uh, something that Michael said in the pilot. Mm. Um, and then we see China Garden, uh, and she insists that the Chinese build great walls, which is, yeah, I mean, the way she says inaccurate. it. Yeah, but I just like the way she casually says we make great walls. And, you know, it's, it's a nice kind of reference to the Great Wall of China without really kind of hammering it home. Um and, you know, obviously China Garden, you know, she can she can help Job out, do, you know, to build that wall. Um, we know that obviously that wall never gets built because, because uh, George Sr. has to, um, you know, he has to um, steamboat Willie the thing. Um, so, you know, we know how that turns out. But, you know, um, I like how obviously as well here when, when Job answers the phone and he says, um, would you get off my back, mother? Uh, Tony goes, well... <laughs> If I wasn't sure you were gay, I am now. So again, just kind of accidental things <laughs> confirmed to Tony Wonder that Job is gay. Um, and I like how Tony Wonder <laughs> says that, um, you know, 
he couldn't talk last night, but they'd like to get together. And he says maybe Saturday, say five o'clock, which is kind of very specific because obviously, you know, there's there's obviously a plan that Tony Wonder has here that he wants to execute on that specific time and day. Um, but Joe, you know, doesn't spot it. Um, and obviously, uh, this is where he, you know, he says they're gonna they're gonna meet at the little ballroom, um, something which obviously will lead to a bit of a mix up, um, and. I like how <laughs> when um, Job comes off the call, he says to China Garden, um, you know, that was my friend Tony. And she says, oh, she sounds wonderful. And I, we get this kind of weird, it's not the stuttering speech of Job in, in the other episode, but it's this kind of weird thing where he tries to figure out what he wants to say, where he's like, I'm going to get revenge on him and destroy his life, her life, our life, destroy our life. And then he's like, destroy our life and he's like doesn't matter who cares and and this kind of weird kind of figuring out of exactly you know what he's going to do is something that tony wonder does as well um and that you know kind of one of the indications why they're perfect for each other really yeah really Uh, tony wonder had admitted earlier to job that he's his own legs in um in when he does the soaring uh, a, a man in half trick. I would like to know how that works. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I guess if he's got someone in a mask. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, then you know, I, I don't know. I mean, but that also doesn't track with the he doesn't use assistance part. I think it's just a setup for this joke. Maybe he's just <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. A setup where Tony Wonder is having his leg shaved by Sally Sitwell. He is definitely not gay, um, or is he? I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's there with Sally Sitwell now. Obviously. This is merely setting up a kind of inside joke, which is, um, you know, that um, <laughs> in real life, uh, Ben Stiller is married to Christine Taylor. So, you know, they're a real life husband and wife. And, you know, so the idea of of, of them as a couple on the show, uh, you know, which is something that just kind of uh, kind of works out. You know, the fact that Tony Wonder works as, you know, a character for Job and Sally Sitwell works as a character for Lindsay. You know, like, yeah. the, the idea that they, they've managed to get these two characters back onto the show, but they, they really fit within the ensemble. Um, you know, it, it just, it works just as also as, as, you know, a little inside joke as well. And Sally um, is not very good at shaving Tony's legs. <laughs> um she she keeps like kind of shaving him and kind of cutting him and shaving him and cutting him and um you know she reveals that she's you know she stole a hundred grand from lucille ostero to rebrand tony wonder as the gay magician Uh, and you know the narrator says that sally sitwell had a secret um and then obviously you know she reveals that she didn't want to have to sell the closet the closet as a sweat lodge yeah on craigslist so obviously she is the one who sold, who you know put the um, the tea in the uh, the little compartment and sold the thing for um, uh, for for uh, for Anne. Uh, so maybe she's the one who uh, who kind of messed up um, yeah. <laughs> the the trick for Job. Um, and you know obviously as this the, the kind of I, I like as well how we get the reveal that Tony Wonder is only with Job because an inside source tells me he's a ticket to Internet Billions. Um, and of course, um, he says, he says, I like as well how they at one point he says, uh, you know, why are we telling each other stuff that we already know? Um, yes. Is, yeah. That was a good little. Uh, yeah. Which is kind of, 
Yeah, it's kind of fun. And then, of course, I like how um, Tony Wonder goes, oh, wait, this is new information. <laughs> and then, of course, he says it's in the bag, which reveals the fact that uh, the beanbag was next to Job and George Michael as they were talking about fake block. Um, and, you know, Tony Wonder didn't hear that Joe wasn't gay. Um, and I like as well how Tony Wonder is giving instructions to the guy who's carrying him in, saying, put a note on me, and in Spanish. And he, he goes, I don't want some Spanish guy sitting on me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why the distinction, but I don't, it just makes the, the joke a little bit funny. And, you know, Tony Wonder has a plan, which is to get Joe alone, get into his phone, find his boyfriend's information, hack into his software and make a fortune. Those last two parts, I don't know how that's going to work, but, uh, you know. And as as Sally is shaving Tony's legs, um, he asks, do you not know how to shave a leg? And she says, I've never done it before. And we get a kind of pause. Yeah, really good uh like <laughs> pregnant pause where they're just like kind of staring at each other for a minute. The implication, of course, being... That Sally Sitwell, much like her father, suffers from alopecia, and uh, and therefore has um, no hair. She is hairless. Uh, obviously, we don't kind of get any. We get a little bit of confirmation about that when later mm. in the scene <laughs> there's a caterpillar apparently, um, <laughs> and the narrator says it seemed that Sally had two secrets. We get again. <laughs> Tony Wonder saying the poor guy doesn't realise I'm about to destroy our life and of course Sally questions him and he goes I mean destroy our life with Joe Dest- I mean I'm going to destroy our life my life with Joe uh, dis- destroy our life with Joe and then and then obviously Hello Darkness my old friend plays and he kind of goes destroy my life with Joe <laughs> kind of settles on that <laughs> and I just I just love how like they kind of balance the idea that Job has got this plan with the fact that Tony has got a similar plan and neither of those plans are really going to work out no. um, you know because both of them don't realize what is going on China Garden it, you know is is going to build a wall and Job has filled all the homes in Southern Valley and he is trying to get to his date with Tony Wonder uh, which is happening at 5 a.m on a Saturday with 5 a.m 5 p.m on a Saturday which <laughs> seems a little like an odd time for a date um, and I like, I like the. I mean, this this joke feels a little hacky, uh, but I guess when this came out, like the idea of using Siri to to do stuff was not quite as kind of common. Yeah, I think this was when the whole Apple Maps was terrible too. It was like yeah. it was doing the pulling a buster and just driving people into into lakes and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, so of course he says, Siri, where is the little ballroom? And Siri says she has three matches. And of course he says, in a kind of mumbly way, he goes, I'm going to need the gayest. And she goes, did you say the greyest? And he's like, <laughs> uh, the gayest one. And she's like, did you say the greyest? And he's just like, I need the gayest um, little ballroom. And then of course she says, okay, Gob, try this one. Um, and I like as well how um, this is where we get a bit more crossover with Lucille's episode. Uh, towards the end of Lucille's episode, Michael was with Jean Parmesan following job um, and so here because he thought that job was going out with rebel alley so here we see <laughs> michael and jean parmesan following job to my little ballroom uh, which is a, a facility with a number of ball pits for children to play in <laughs> um, and i like as well how um you know michael says i bet he's pretending that steve holt is like nine and he goes, I just saw him. He looks 50. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is, you know, not really a, a kind of a needed dig at, at, um, at Steve Holt. But, um, 
you know, I like how Michael kind of gets very cruel sometimes. Um, and we get this kind of really weird scene where, you know, uh, Michael keeps trying to get Job to admit that he's going out with Rebel Alley. Um, but, you know, Job, you know, saying that he's there for a date. And <laughs> especially when he walks in saying, I do not get this lifestyle, which is <laughs> kind of funny. Um, and they kind of start fighting, you know, and... Um, you know, Job obviously, um, you know, he he um, he's talking about how, you know, you're going to meet Rebel Alley and her son's going to play in the ball pit because that's disgusting, Michael. This is no place for a child. Which is, <laughs> the place is surrounded by children yes, playing in ball pits. Kids. And of course, we find out how uh, the, the dove ended up um, in Rebel Alley's uh, freezer, um, which is, you know... Uh, she was drunk. Um, she took the dove, <laughs> took it home, and as she smacked her purse on the counter, she killed the dove. And so she then put it in a bag and wrote down the species and location, which of course means she wrote <laughs> dove bar, and then, you know, not to eat it. And the narrator says it was a merry mix-up, which is something that Tobias uh, has claimed about his arrest. Um, and, you know, there's been a few other times where merry mix-up has been used yeah, in this season. It's a good turn of phrase. Yeah, and of course, Job has no idea what Michael is talking about, and that is true. He he really, you know, he yeah. barely met at Rebel Alley, and he doesn't have any clues to why. One of the few times that Job is actually innocent of something. Yeah, and I like as well how they they start fighting and they go straight through the wall into uh, Thin Wally's knife store. Um, and I like how Jean Parmesan is asking for something that can fillet a chicken and subdue an intruder, <laughs> um, which, you know, I thought was uh, quite funny. Um, and then, you know, as they fight, uh, we get balls in the air, um, possibly one of my favorite songs, yeah. um, playing underneath as they kind of, they start fighting. And I like as well how... <laughs> Job, they kind of end up in a pile, and Job goes, "Are we done?" And Michael goes, "I'm just surprisingly tired," <laughs> um, which you know I kind of like. And this is where Job says that he filled, you know, all the houses. Uh, and Michael goes, "With who?" And Job goes, "Well, with sex offenders." <laughs> <laughs> and then he takes out the, you know, Job's release, and he rips it up and says, "You're out of the movie." Um, and then, of course, a boy says, thanks for ruining my birthday party and hits Michael in the eye, uh, which, you know, I thought was quite fun. Um, and I, lo I love as well how Michael starts this kind of running gag of, you know, he's already done this to Tobias because of the mix up with uh, Rebel at uh, Imagine. And he, he starts ripping up contracts and saying, you're out of the movie. <laughs> yeah. and then he does the same for George, where he takes the phone from Lucille and says, is that dad? And then he's like, uh, yeah, he, f he filled all the, the homes with sex offenders. Do you want to hear something funny? You're out of the movie. <laughs> and he just rips up the, the contract and then passes the phone back to Lucille. Uh, so I like how hard he's worked to get all these signatures and now he's just tearing them up out of peak and just telling everyone they're out of the movie. It strikes me too as like a, um, a takeoff of his constantly trying to leave the family and go to Phoenix. It's just the same sort of, you know what, fine, you're out. Of course, <laughs> this is where, uh, you know, we get... Uh, possibly my favourite scene in, in the entire episode where um, Job goes to visit uh, Tony Wonder and Tony Wonder is mad uh, and Job explains that, you know, he got the wrong ballroom um, and <laughs> like when Tony Wonder says, is it because your boyfriend is 20 and I'm nearly twice that? 
<laughs> and Job goes, you think I care that you're three years older than me? <laughs> <laughs> and so obviously they've both essentially lied about their ages, kind of putting themselves under 40. Um, and then, uh, you know, we get Job saying, you know, the whole family hates me. Uh, which Tony Wonder has now realised that that means he, he won't be able to get in contact with George Michael. Um, and then, you know, Job says, I helped fill his stupid homes with sex offenders and yet he still hates me. And Tony Wonder, of course, says, sex offenders need a place to live too. And Job's like, yeah, exactly, that's what I'm saying. And he's like, you know, you get me. And of course, Tony Wonder says, you're an easy guy to get. Um, and then I like as well how <laughs> they start this string of kind of weird lies that that also kind of have them pretending that they were both going to say the same thing Uh, you know but they both kind of they they keep doing it and when I say the same thing I mean they literally keep saying the word same over and over again and when Tony Wonder when they reveal about the younger brothers and Tony Tony Wonder says how old is he and Joe goes 42 he obviously realises that They've both placed themselves under 40, so there's no way that they can be his <laughs> younger brother. So then, of course, when Tony Wonder says, same, my younger brother's 42 also, he goes, I mean, 32. And, of course, Joe goes, 32, same. And then, you know, Joe goes, I was going to say, I was thinking the same thing. And they're like, that's so weird. Um, and then, you know, they get to this thing where Tony Wonder says, do you want a glass of wine? And uh, Joe is like, I love red wine. And then they both say, same. And then, you know, I like, <laughs> like how Tony Wonder goes, you know, it's totally in. He says it's like too same. And then Job says that's insane. And they're like totally insane. <laughs> and the narrator tells us it turns out that the guys had tons in common. And <laughs> this is where we have this weird thing of them trying to say sentences where they both go, the last time I went scuba diving <laughs> while eating Captain Crunch. Same. Um, And then, you know, the hours, you know, kind of melted away. And the narrator tells us that perhaps pretending to be gay allowed them the freedom to speak honestly. And I like how Tony Wonder says, um, I must have been, I don't know, 17 when I start saying same. (laughs) And it's like, that's not a confession of anything. Um, But Job still goes same. Uh, And, you know, they talk about getting into magic. Um, And I like as well how Job says, I was just doing it to get out of gym. And Tony Wonder goes, who's Jim? <laughs> and of course, Jim goes, no, no, phys ed. And they're like, oh, kidding. And then they start throwing popcorn at each other. And then they have like a popcorn fight. And then, of course, Tony Wonder chokes and uh, Job has to do the Heimlich on him. Um, and then, you know, realizing that, uh, you know, Job is positioned behind Tony Wonder in a specific <laughs> way, uh, Job says that he'll get them some water. Uh, and of course, at this point, you know, um, Tony Wonder, he's been trying to get into the phone to get um, George Michael's phone number, but he kind of, he doesn't do that. He doesn't carry out his plan. Um, and I just, I mean, I kind of just like how, even though they're both kind of lying to each other and they're both only doing this as kind of weird revenge schemes. Yeah, it is um, kind of nice. Yeah. You know, the fact that they kind of connect, um, you know, and I <laughs> like as well that... Job didn't want to sabotage Tony's act, but he still puts the mask down his pants, which is like <laughs> such a weird kind of detail. I love as well how they both drink water, and it's it's like 
Texas, like they both kind of finish that. They like they have yeah. a glass of water and they both drink it for the entire length of the glass, and they both finish the glass and they don't say anything. And I like as well how Job at this point says, you know, that he would definitely stay and have you know gay sex or normal sex with you. Um, and Tony wonders, like, yeah, I would totally have gay sex with you, but whatever. I just drank a load of water, and I look as well. Job goes, I just drank a load of water too. They're both sitting there drinking water. They both know, already know these. This this is the thing, but I don't know. And I like how. You know, they 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 decide to make a date to have what they say is normal sex, um, and obviously this kind of calls back to um, you know season three where Tobias and Lindsay were um, getting ready to have sex and they decided that they would do it in a fortnight, which in the end turns out to be like four months away by the time they finished um, rescheduling it, um, and this kind of has the same feeling where they're they're kind of scheduling it because they don't want to do something. Um, but they end up kind of, you know, scheduling it for um, Cinco. And Job says, let's have normal sex on Cinco, <laughs> which is, I don't know, it's such a fun phrase. Of, yeah. Um, and then Job says, you know, we could do it at my place. And then, of course, Tony Wonder goes, let's commit. And they both go to normal sex on Cinco. <laughs> Same. Um, which, I, I mean... I think, like I said, I think the chemistry between Ben Stiller and Will on it is is just really good. Um, you know, they work so well together uh, in this episode. And obviously Ben Stiller, you know, when he first appeared on um, Arrested Development, it was only kind of, first of all, it was only as a photograph, as like a background joke. And then, you know, it was only really for one episode. Yeah, um, just kind of stunt casting for this one, uh, one gag that they yeah, did. But, so bringing him back here and having him kind of become this important to Job, is kind of an interesting direction for them to take. And also, it's worth remembering that like around this time Ben Stiller had just like directed Tropic Thunder. Yeah. And you know, he he you know, he still was kind of like a big movie star. So the fact that he he kind of came back to play this kind of ridiculous role in this yeah. sitcom on internet just, television. Well, yeah, this is the thing as well is on Netflix which, you know, as this is like the 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 first kind of series that Netflix really did. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's kind of, it's kind of interesting that he was willing to kind of come back and do that. I guess that shows the strength of, um, you know, the writing on the show and, and how much, um, you know, Mitch Hurwitz can kind of persuade people to come back and do stuff. Um, now at the end of the episode, I feel, even though this episode is like 35 something minutes long, I feel like it feels a little bit kind of rushed how, you know, Job kind of runs into Anne um, and she's taking taking her kid to see the Fantastic Four, um, and uh, when 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 he says you have a, a five year old, and he goes we, oui. and he's like what? And he's <laughs> like yeah we we is is French for yes yes I have a son, and his father's a musician, and then of course Sands of Silence plays, and we find out it's actually a mariachi <laughs> band coming past, <laughs> and I like how Joe goes oh it's not us, like him hearing Sands of Silence obviously has become so common that when he hears it, he thinks he's kind of just, you know, staring off into the middle distance. This is where we find out that Anne's kid, um, you know, she had with Tony Wonder. Um, though, of course, you know, in Job's um, first episode, he said that, you know, he had sex with Anne once and then she got fat. So it seems to suggest to me that he really is yeah. the, the father. Um, that, uh, here, or that he has, the kid has a brother also. So, uh, you know, so Anne is obviously, you know, kind of maybe covering, I don't know. Um, but I like how <laughs> I like how she reveals this about Tony Wonder, um, and Job goes, "Wait a minute, Tony's straight. <laughs> like, he isn't bothered by the betrayal of Tony Wonder having sex with what at the time was still his, you know, fiance. He's more betrayed by the fact that Tony, you know, Tony Wonder is 
um, is is pretending to be gay. And I like as well how when when Anne is asked, would you like to spend the night making revenge love? She immediately palms her kid off <laughs> and, and leaves with Joe without kind of any hesitation at yeah. all. Yeah. And we then get to the kind of what ends up being the scheme, um, which is, you know, Job putting a a um, a mask on Anne and <laughs> having her have sex with Tony Wonder and then revealing that he's straight. Which is a thing that makes complete yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, she asks, why would she be wearing the Job mask? And he goes, oh, because Tony's coming here to, uh, to have sex with me. And in the act of having fake gay sex, you're going to take the mask off and reveal you're having real straight sex. And it's going to be captured on camera because the entire house is still filled with cameras from in to, to, to entrap a local predator. And it's funny because Joe points to all the different cameras, but he doesn't yeah. point to the one camera that is actually on him. <laughs> the one that they're using, yeah. So, yeah. so there's, there's more cameras than Joe even realises. Um, and, you know, we end up with this weird thing where, um, you know, obviously Anne doesn't want to have sex with Tony Wonder. And then Job decides that he's going to wear a Tony Wonder mask. She will still wear the Job mask. And then she will take the Job mask off. And I like how he's like, you know, um, pretend gay, but actually straight sex. And he's like, it's a straight bait. Have you ever watched those? <laughs> Which I think also betrays, you know, Job's true sexuality when he says that. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, I like how Job um, has, uh, you know... Anne leaves the room and runs into Tony Wonder. And then, you know, uh, he's he's looking around because he wants to wait somewhere for Joe to say the word Wonder so that he can appear, uh, which I think is quite funny. Tony Wonder, as with everybody, doesn't remember who Anne is. So he keeps saying you. And then when she goes, it's Anne. And then she goes, an awfully funny time to run into you. And he goes, yes, it is Anne awfully funny time to see you so he he, he doesn't even realize that's her name so he keeps saying you when he talks to her um and you know Anne tells tony that job is planning revenge um and obviously this takes tony wonder you know slightly by surprise because he thinks um that job was gay and then obviously you know when Anne points out you know saying tony you're not gay either he goes that's business why do you think david geffen pretends to be gay um and and i like as well how you know when asked how he knows so much about dream girls he goes it's my business to know about stream girls <laughs> it's like if you wanted to be in a film version of a musical called the magic show done in 1974 by another secretly straight guy named doug hennig you'd make it your business too um and then i like as well how he says they can't give everything to doogie hauser biggest fake gay there is <laughs> Um, so and this is where Anne kind of comes up with her own scheme, uh, which is yeah. she gives the Job mask to um, Tony Winder, and uh, you know insists that he goes upstairs and they will have sex. Um, and <laughs> and I like as well how he goes, why 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 can't I just be me and you wear the Job mask? And of course she says, well. Uh, if I, I just thought that you'd like to have, if you were going to have sex with a man, wouldn't it be more of a turn on to have sex with someone who looks like you? Um, so, you know, which obviously goes over with um, Tony quite, uh, quite, quite well. Yeah. And, you know, Anne obviously just sneaks out 
and we have a split. Well, she goes on like you know sneaky tiptoes, and then just about halfway through the room sees that uh, Tony Wonder isn't looking at her anymore, and just then just leaves in yeah. disgust. Uh, I like as well how she says, "Meet me in the bedroom in five minutes for some serious secular intercourse." So once yeah. again, the veals still think the word secular has to be put in front of things. Um, uh, obviously, we get a split screen with um, Job and Tony, and they're both looking at the masks. Um, of the other one and they're both saying same um, and then going same and of course the narrator says two men who never loved anyone but themselves prepare to ruin each other's reputations uh, and then obviously um, Job <laughs> dims the lights um, and then uh, <laughs> and performed a real life version of Tony's illusion um, when we get a flashback to marry everybody's gay <laughs> And is also responsible for the first instance of a Christian straight-to-gay conversion, uh, which I think is funny. And now, unusually, uh, before we get the on the next, we get the previously unarrested development uh, where Job was coming down to take a forget-me-now and he runs into Michael. Um, And, you know, I I like how Michael says, uh, you know, you could not make me feel worse uh, right now. Uh, Obviously, Michael... Uh, has been punched by someone, and it, it, you know this is obviously uh, going to be explained in a few yeah, episodes. Yeah, like a minute time. earlier. Yeah. Um, and Job goes, "I'd willing to take your apology. I'd be willing to let you have your apology back if you give me the chance to try." Bad example. If you were ashamed of being in love with a man, suddenly discover these new feelings, something <laughs> that you're only allowed to happen because you thought he was gay and you were hoping to exact revenge, but then you found out he was straight and so you wanted to get even. So maybe you put a mask on someone and tried to convince yourself that you have sex, <laughs> that you were going to have sex with someone that was yourself, but then it turned out to be him and all your feelings were real. You might say something like, homo much? <laughs> and then Michael's like, it's not that. And he goes, I said bad example. And I, I love how whenever Job does a bad example, it's always something that he kind of just wants to confess, but he can't, you know, find yeah. a way to do that. Uh, and then, you know, after Tony Wonder comes down and Michael sees him, Job, um, you know, gives him his full forget-me-now um, so that he forgets. <laughs> and I love how, as he's forced in his mouth, Job goes... Uh, so easy to forget stupid forgetful Mike <laughs> and then we get to the on the next Arrested Development where Michael wakes up and he sees uh, as it is such so also it is such unto you and Father Masala says 700,000 think about it 700,000 abortions each year worldwide and of course this reminds Michael that he owes 700,000 um, so that Tobias could mount um as the, as the narrator says, this abortion, and we see the Fantastic Four musical, um, and calls Lucille too, um, saying that you know they can get together, and he wants to repay the loan, um, even though he has already repaid the loan, <laughs> um, you know, yeah. because obviously he's had the forget me now, um, and then he calls Rebel, and you know she doesn't want Michael to come over because someone is is there. Uh, and of course, you know, Michael says he doesn't care about, you know, the thing with the other guy. Um, you know, uh, he doesn't want to talk about it again. And we find out, of course, that George Michael is now the one who is also with Rebel. <laughs> um, so for a large number of episodes, it was kind of implied that it was Job. Uh, but now we, we, we have it revealed here that it is in fact George Michael. Uh, and that is where the episode ends. We get, I think, little bits of uh, Job in the the episodes that follow, but this is mostly, you know, the end of Job's kind of like storyline. 
Um, you know, he's not he's not really in Maybe's episode, and he's he's not in um, the George Michael episodes. Apart from we get a little bit of the um, uh, the the Gothic castle again in those episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but that's kind of more of a rehash of the stuff that's been in this episode. Um, and then obviously he's not in Buster's episode because nobody's in Buster's episode. <laughs> um, so this is kind of like the end of Job's storyline um, for the season. And obviously, you know, we've reached because obviously they said that they were going to have sex on Quattro. That's where that's where we've ended. We've Cinco, should I say? We've ended. We've ended up on uh, you know Cinco. So um, Job's storyline yeah, is kind of yeah is up to date uh, at the end of this. Um, but I mean, like the idea that Job, um, you know, uh, is is like um, basically by the end of the episode, both Job and Tony Wonder, uh, if they if they aren't gay, they are certainly more open to having a relationship uh, than they were at the beginning of the episode. Um, and I, you know, the episode obviously we have Tony Wonder, you know, exploiting the idea of being, you know, the gay mag- magician. Like that, that being like his image and using that just for gain. Um, but they, and obviously you also have Job who is exploiting the idea of being gay. Yeah, the Christian magician. Yeah, and being the Christian magician just to get revenge. Um, so I think it's interesting you have two people who are basically trying to exploit the idea of being gay and they kind of end up in a situation where they have <laughs> sex together and, uh, you know, when Job's coming down the stairs, he's, he's, he's calling back to Tony Wonder saying, we really destroyed that bedroom. So he knows what's happened. Like it's not like they've woken up and they've regretted it. He's actually having some kind of morning after banter with Tony Wonder. Um, so it'd be interesting to see where season five kind of takes that relationship, because you know I think the idea of Job kind of um, at the very least being bisexual um, and not being kind of judgmental would be you know an interesting direction for the show to go. Um, you know with that character, yeah. Uh, particularly as you know. It, He's only ever had as weird and judgmental as Joe yeah. can be too, to and like he, actually have him be open minded about he's, something. And he's only ever had sex with other people out of revenge against Michael in the past as well. So, no, oh, yeah, yeah. So, so he has he already has like a type, should we say, which is you know revenge sex against a person. So you know, the fact that this has ended <laughs> up kind of extending to Tony Wonder um, is just kind of like another extension of that, I would say. Um, but yeah. I think, you know, Will Arnett and, and Ben Stiller in this episode are great. It's always fun to see, you know, Will Arnett and Jason Bateman together. Uh, you know, Will Arnett is yeah. great with Michael Sarah as well. Uh, you know, goes should go without saying. Um, and that's kind of like the main, like, those are the main kind of relationships that we get in this. And obviously, the <laughs> throwing Sally Sitwell in there <laughs> with Tony Wonder in the middle of the episode, uh, you know, as kind of like an in-joke. But also it works within the structure yeah. of the season because obviously Sally Sitwell is running uh, Lucille 2's campaign. Yeah, he'll turn for Sally yeah, Sitwell so also. It kind, of all, it kind of makes sense that, that you know, uh, Lindsay wants to work with, with Lucille 2 because she has the same kind of um, moral values, whereas Sally Sitwell is just doing it to steal money. So it kind yeah. of makes, it makes sense in terms of her character. Even though Sally Sitwell, you know, when she first appeared was painted as uh, kind of very sweet and innocent... I think having her kind of end up in this place of someone who's exp- as horrible as everybody yeah, else on the show. Yeah, is. it's just kind of something that kind of obviously seeps into all the other characters. If, if you're near the blues, you end up kind of as bad as them, at least. Um, yeah. yeah, and obviously it's wonderful to see Mae Whitman 
uh, even if she's only very briefly in this episode, you know, um, she it's funny because, uh, you know, I, at this point, you've see, I've seen Mae Whitman in so many other things and she rarely kind of plays the characters the same way that she does Anne. Um, so it's, you know, she has, you know, she has a certain amount of range, but I like how Anne is just a frowny smile, basically, and nothing else. <laughs> like she has no other kind <laughs> yeah, of emotions. Um, and it's and obviously it's funny that Anne is the one who kind of tricks Tony Wonder and Job. Uh, when they're both trying to kind yeah. of trick each other. So uh, it's nice for her to at least kind of get the upper hand on somebody <laughs> um, during during an episode, uh, particularly as, you know, Job has treated her quite poorly, um, you know, given everything that happened in the first episode of them together. Um, so, you know, it's it's nice for her to at least kind of get a little bit of... Yeah, get a little yeah. comeuppance. Um, so, I mean, I, is there anything else that kind of needs to be said about this episode? No, I think we covered everything. Uh, great. Well, then let's go to uh, any plugs. Have you got anything you wish to plug, Kevin? Uh, yeah, Funk2 on Twitter, and then um, the Star Trek podcast, Post Atomic Horror, um, a regular guest on that. Um, if you like nerds talking about the entire TV show, uh, go listen to that. And obviously you can find us on Twitter at uh, Huge Mistake Pod, or you can find us on Facebook at Huge Mistake Podcast. Uh, thanks for joining me once more as my guest. Thank you. And otherwise, goodbye. See ya.